Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The headache slowly turned into a migraine which I had for another 10 days before seeing my uh, family physician, at which time he told me I was in serious condition. I needed to go to the hospital. And upon arriving there, I was told that I had an aneurysm on my right vertebral artery and a dissection above that. And at that time, they transferred me to another hospital where I was met by a neurological surgical team that put me in neurological ICU for the next 10 days. I was told on July 7th that I needed life-saving surgery and that was the last thing they could do for me. I was also told that I only had less than a 25% chance of surviving that surgery. When I woke up from it on July 9th, I found that I was paralyzed from the neck down. When I woke up from that, and the doctor told me the news. I told him I wasn't finished with my life and that I would eventually walk out of that hospital. And this was a series of leap of faith moments for me. I had to find my way out of something I was obviously not familiar with. There are no instruction books for people that find themselves paralyzed from something like this. So I made a goal to one day write a book about it, which I did. But in the meantime, I had to figure out how to find my way back. I later started Pilates, and over time, I started finding Pilates was actually much more beneficial to me than being in a gym because I could work on the small stability muscles versus the larger muscle groups. One of the other things I found over time was neuromuscular massage therapy also was very beneficial to me. Hello, I'm Mark Goodyear, and this is Stroke Stories, the podcast that seeks out and hears from stroke survivors. A spinal stroke is a disruption in the blood supply to the spinal cord, which needs that supply to function properly. Without it, there can be injury or damage to tissues and the blockage of messages traveling along the spinal cord. In this episode, we'll hear from Jeffrey Morse from Charlotte, North Carolina. Jeffrey was 49 when he suffered his stroke. Before the stroke, I was working as an airline instructor for an international cargo airline flying worldwide. I uh, was very athletic. I scuba dived on a regular basis. I worked out, lived a very healthy lifestyle. Everything was going great in my life. No health issues at all. Like I say, I lived a very healthy life, and this occurrence was just out of the blue for me. When I talked to the doctor later on, he told me sometimes people are born with something that 
they go their whole lifetime with, and all of a sudden it decides to wake up and say hello. So that was more or less what happened with me. And in um, June of 2012, all of this basically started with a headache on June 9th. And over the next 10 days, the headache didn't go away. The headache slowly turned into a migraine, which I had for another 10 days before seeing my uh, family physician, at which time he told me I was in serious condition. I needed to go to the hospital. And upon arriving there, after a a couple of scans, CAT scans, I was told that I had an aneurysm on my right vertebral artery and a dissection above that. And at that time, they transferred me to another hospital down in the city of Charlotte, North Carolina, where I was met by a neurological surgical team that put me in neurological ICU for the next 10 days. So I was told on July 7th that I needed life-saving surgery, and that was the last thing they could do for me. I was also told that I only had less than a 25% chance of surviving that surgery. When I woke up from it on July 9th, I found that I was paralyzed from the neck down. And the surgery, while they were in correcting what they needed to with the aneurysm, they were working very closely to my spinal cord. And while they were working there, the surgery more or less caused a stroke on my spinal cord, which paralyzed me from the neck down. So when I woke up from that and the doctor told me the news, I told him I wasn't finished with my life and that I would eventually walk out of that hospital. And this was a series of leap of faith moments for me. I had to find my way out of something I was obviously not familiar with. There are no instruction books for people that find themselves paralyzed from something like this. So I made a goal to one day write a book about it, which I did. But in the meantime, I had to figure out how to find my way back. And I slowly did that. And on August 9th of that year, I did walk out of that hospital using a walker with limbs that I couldn't feel. So that was the beginning of my journey. Jeffrey explored other forms of therapy. The first thing that I found doing recovery with the hospital, doing physical therapy and occupational therapy, I could quickly see that wasn't going to get me anywhere. So I decided to take matters into my own hands and start to find alternative therapies that I thought might work. I tried going back to the gym that I worked at and quickly found that wasn't working. I then started working with a chiropractor who not only provided chiropractic services, but he also provided massage therapy, acupuncture I was doing another form of therapy called interactive metronome, which was helping the left and right side of my brain connect back up again due to the effects of the stroke. And then beyond that, I was doing a few other various therapies with him. I started yoga therapy. I later started Pilates. And over time, I started finding Pilates was actually much more beneficial to me than being in a gym because I could work on the small stability muscles versus the larger muscle groups. One of the other things I found over time was neuromuscular massage therapy also was very beneficial to me. So over the years, I tried 
numerous forms of alternative therapy. And uh, what I found overall was that Pilates was the big game changer for me and the um, neuromuscular massage therapy. After several months in hospital, Jeffrey was able to return home. I was still in the wheelchair walking. I could only do brief little sprints of. And what was next was trying to figure out how I was going to reconnect with my body. My brain and body were not working together. So I had to figure out how to find my way through that and start finding endurance. But the thing that I was finding with it was my brain could only take so much of being conscious of where my body was in space. So my brain would fatigue in about four hours. And I went through quite a few months of that until I started getting a little endurance back just simply through movement. I managed to figure out how to get myself on an exercise bike. And with the straps on the foot pegs, I was able to keep my feet in there, but then I had to figure out how to make the legs move. So this was a very slow, laborious process for me over the next few months. And then on top of that, I had to be careful anytime I was out of the wheelchair to make sure I could see where my body was in space. I could only do things, obviously, with light on. Anytime the light was off, my body would disappear because I couldn't feel my body. So I went through quite a few trials trying to find my way back, and it, it took years to get there. Three years after this occurred, on July 1st, 2015, some airline friends of mine called and asked if I would be interested in coming to work with them at a new startup international cargo airline to build a training department. And I said, oh, I would love to do that. But I told them my circumstances told them they should talk amongst themselves and decide whether or not they could handle me coming back to work. And I equally told them, you know, hey, if this doesn't work out, you're not hurting my feelings. The other interesting part of this was the work was in Miami, Florida. So I was going to have to figure out how to get myself to and from Charlotte, North Carolina, down south to Miami, Florida to work. Because now I was not only taking on a job, but I was taking a job on out of town. So that produced a whole new set of challenges for me. But I wasn't going to let that bother me. And throughout this entire journey, one of the things I've always said is not to ever let this, this hindrance, this, these limitations, my disability define my life. So I said yes to the job when they said, we really want you. And I began a whole new set of challenges. I worked at that job for five years until I changed jobs to uh, take a job at a different airline here in town, doing the same work teaching at an airline. And now it's going back and forth to work each day and being home each evening. Jeffrey also continues to suffer from fatigue. The fatigue occurs in a few different ways. One portion of the fatigue is your brain becomes fatigued in trying to constantly be aware of where your body is in space. And anytime you are telling a limb to move, when you're starting to get the ability to move a limb, you have to put a lot of conscious effort into making that limb move. 
unlike somebody who doesn't have limitations or a disability, they do that subconsciously and freely at will. For somebody with these types of limitations, they've got to put a lot of brain work into making their bodies move. So they fatigue out much more quickly. Another form of fatigue that you deal with in this situation is sound. You need your environment to be quiet. You start to find when you go out to a restaurant, anytime I would go out to a restaurant, white noise, people talking in the background would fatigue me very quickly. And I wouldn't realize it until it was time to get up and leave the restaurant. One other form of fatigue that I still currently battle nine years later is something called fascia. And that's a spider webbing inside of your body, holds your muscles and organs together. And when you go through a devastating trauma like this, your sympathetic nervous system goes into overdrive and it starts overproducing fascia to protect your body. So that fascia starts choking off the nerves in your body or the nerve endings going into your muscles. And that starts hindering my ability to move. And that's where the neuromuscular massage therapy comes in because that breaks down that fascia for me so I can reconnect with my body. My brain can reconnect with the muscles through those nerve endings and allow me to continue to progress and recover. So that's been a nonstop, non-ending journey for me with fascia. And it all leads back to the fatigue that we deal with day in and day out. Coming up, Jeffrey talking about his future plans. Speaking to others has always been something that's uh, been very important to me, and I continue to look forward to that. So writing will definitely be more in my future. Speaking to others, maybe speaking to groups if that becomes available. I I look forward to all of that. I always keep an open mind, and I'm always objectively thinking about things and never closing a door And by all means, keeping the words I can't out of my vocabulary. And his gratitude for the help of others. The first thing I would say is thank you to each loved one who helps us make it through each day. It's never easy. It's always a challenge. It's a challenge for us, but it's a challenge for a caregiver as well. So to those that are going through their trauma or their limitations or disability, take time out to thank your caregivers. It's very important to them because they don't know what's going on inside of you. So you have to learn how to speak to them. Let's hear about Jeffrey's book, Finding Forward. I decided on that day that I woke up paralyzed when I quickly realized there was no instruction book to tell us that are paralyzed, hey, what do we do? How do we start? What's step one? What's step two or three? And I decided while I was laying there paralyzed, one, not to let the paralysis tear me down and not move forward. But I chose that one day when I could move and when I was ready to start writing this book, I decided along my way to journal to figure out how to do that. In the beginning, it was just talking into my phone, making notes. But Over the years, I finally managed to have enough notes on what I wanted to write. 
And I wanted to write this to everybody out there who is going through some sort of trauma, doesn't matter what it is, to find a way through it and to realize your life's not over. You've been given a second chance and you've got to go through life a little differently now. And that's okay. It's okay that you've got to do things a little differently. Maybe you can't do some of the things that you enjoyed that were fun to you before. This is your second chance to discover some new ways to find fun, to go find your life again and get out there and live it. During my journey, I decided with all the physical therapy I was doing to finally stop one day and realize, what am I doing all this for if I can't enjoy my life? And at one point, I decided to take a trip to Nepal on my own, you know, still disabled, but I decided to throw all that to the wind and go live my life. And that's what the story's about. It's it's about hope and inspiration. Jeffrey continues to work on his recovery. I still see my neuromuscular massage therapist to work on fascia and my my movements continue to improve. I still have my limitations. On occasion, I still walk with a cane, but I'm uh, mostly away from the cane now. So my balance has gotten a lot better. I've moved on with life. I've accepted my limitations. And although they continue to decrease, they're still there. I can't run anymore, but that's okay. I don't need to run. I can still get on an exercise bike. I can get on a bicycle if I want to. I can exercise and go about living and seeing the world around me instead of seeing my limitation all the time. There are certainly more trips on the horizon. I'll continue to do that, and I'm sure I'll continue to uh, write about them, uh, some of them in the next book with some journeys I've taken since the trip to Nepal. Yes, I also hope to uh, find my way toward speaking to others, speaking inspirationally to others when possible. I really look forward to that a lot. I I look forward to talking to people all the time that are going through their own journeys with their limitations. That helps me when I'm helping others. Uh, That's one of the things that I think has been the, the best type of recovery for me has been the ability to give back. Giving back has, has been that fuel for me on days when it's a little harder to move. But speaking to others has always been something that's uh, been very important to me. And I continue to look forward to that. So writing will definitely be more in my future. Speaking to others, maybe speaking to groups if that becomes available. I, I look forward to all of that. I always keep an open mind And I'm always objectively thinking about things and never closing a door. And by all means, keeping the words I can't out of my vocabulary. And here's Jeffrey's advice for stroke survivors and their loved ones. For those out there that are dealing with limitations and disabilities, the first piece of advice I would give you is keep the words I can't out of your vocabulary. You've got to move on with your life. You've been given a second chance at life, so live it. Find new ways of doing things. And as I say that, and I said earlier, keep an open mind and be objective to new things in your life. 
and move towards living your life. You only get one chance to do that. So find a new way of doing that and, and move on. And if you forget to smile or what that is, go stare in a mirror every morning and let that become part of your, your muscle memory once again. That's very important that you let that in. You need to be able to let go of what happened. You need to be able to move on and you need to be able to tell yourself that you're okay. As for loved ones, the first thing I would say is thank you to each loved one who helps us make it through each day. It's never easy. It's always a challenge. It's a challenge for us, but it's a challenge for a caregiver as well. So to those that are going through their trauma or their limitations or disability, take time out to thank your caregivers. It's very important to them because they don't know what's going on inside of you. So you have to learn how to speak to them. As for the caregivers, the biggest piece of advice I could give to you is realize that the person you're helping can't do the things that you do. And as much as you want them to be inclusive of everything that you want to do, don't look at them as the person you saw before all this happened. Look at them now with the limitations they deal with and how difficult it is for them to get through them. And when they can't do some of the things you want the old them to do, it's very easy for them to become depressed because they they can't live up to the expectation that may have been placed on them. So be very careful in how you are helping and try to understand them as much as possible. Give them Give them the time that they need. You know, we can't get through without caregivers. And we're we're very thankful. I'm very thankful to all my caregivers, friends, family alike. So give them time. Give them patience. Learn how to listen. Learn how to listen to them, uh, not only by what they say, but in their physical movements. Listen to those too. Jeffrey has worked his way back from near total paralysis and now wants to help use his experiences to help other stroke and brain injury survivors work through their recoveries. Coming up in the next episode of Stroke Stories. The doctor told me that I probably wouldn't walk or talk or do any of that stuff. I was doing physical therapy from basically when I was old enough, you know, crawling and until I was nine years old. I went to a Riley's Hospital for Children in Indianapolis, and I went there several times a year until we moved away. Thank you for listening and subscribing to Stroke Stories, and please do recommend the podcast if you think you know somebody it could help. And if you are or you know of a stroke survivor and there's a story you can share, please do get in touch. Our DMs are open on Twitter and Instagram. The Stroke Stories podcast was produced by Aidan Judd. I'm Mark Goodyear. Thank you for listening. Listener.